Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, you are listening to Proverbs with Daisy Maskell. It is me, Daisy. Welcome. This is a podcast all about extraordinary people and extraordinary stories. Here we will shine the spotlight on their journeys and hopefully learn something about ourselves and the way that we live our lives from their experiences too. Join me for the next half an hour as we get to know our guest. Encina Severa has grown up with DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder, a condition that is highly stigmatized and often difficult for those who haven't experienced it themselves to understand. Encina is the host of 11 personalities which she switches between. She is here to educate us on DID and to speak on the impact social media has had on sufferers speaking out. Encina, how are you doing? Hi, doing really, really well. How are you? Good. I'm not too bad myself. We're so, so happy to have you. Where are you speaking to us from? Um, so I'm in Arizona. Uh, well, Phoenix, oh, well, Arizona, to be specific, in the U.S. <laughs> is it hot over there at the minute? That's the question we always ask. Cause it's always raining in the U.K. <laughs> it is getting hotter, so it's not too bad yet. <laughs> nice, but it is nice, definitely nice. getting there. <laughs> I guess, Encina, we'll start at the beginning. If you can just tell us a little bit about yourself, what it was like growing up for you as well. Just take us back to the start of your journey. Oh, my God. Start of my journey. I don't even know where I would start with that. (laughs) I had a lot of my childhood uh, blacked out because of the DID, uh, Mm -hmm. which is the Dissociative Identity Disorder, which we kind of just call it DID. It's very spotty as I start getting older and, you know, I mean, when it comes to my DID journey, I was like mid twenties when I was actually diagnosed and I kind of was struggling with that for a while. Didn't really believe that I had it. Um, So I was in denial and the worse that you are in denial, the worse it gets. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I had a lot of um, amnesia bouts and such going around that. And the more I kind of worked with it, went to therapy and, you know, started just be like, okay, I'm taking this in. This is what I have. Let's work with it. Then it started to get a lot easier. Not saying that it was perfect, but it definitely started to get a lot easier. I think I I was watching an interview that you did online a little while ago, and you were saying that DID isn't something that just sort of happens and, you know, people wake up with it in their like teenage years or in their 20s. It's something that I guess you have throughout your childhood, but maybe it doesn't present itself in the in the way that it now presents itself in you um, as you're older. Is that right? Yes. So Mm. basically you can't get DID anywhere past around like the age of eight years old. So it has to be the time of like newborn up until around eight. Sometimes people say around six years old. So it's kind of like a variation, um, mainly because you have to have repetitive trauma happening. It's not like 
a single trauma, like maybe, you know, something, I don't know, like a massive tornado happens or something, uh, that's like a type of trauma, but it's a repetitive, very, very hard to deal with trauma that you're going through as a child causes DID. And it's basically, they say that your mind is already kind of split into different parts as you're a child. Um, and as you get older, your basically your mind starts to meld itself and you become the person that you become as a child that's going through any kind of repetitive trauma those split parts of your brain stay split and they can mm -hmm. continue to split even more as you grow up some people when it comes to having did you might not be showing symptoms which tends to be your alters that are coming through until later on but a lot of people who have did don't even know that they have it they'll be like in their 50s or 60s and be finding out this is what i've been dealing with and this is why i've been having bouts of amnesia or you know these really random symptoms that they just have not known about or they've been misdiagnosed with you touched a little bit about the diagnosis and your your diagnosis process at the start and you were saying you know I, I guess like with anyone when you get a diagnosis of something you can go through the stages of denial but I can imagine once you sort of get through that it's quite nice to finally sort of have some clarity and I guess start to understand how you can manage living with DID what was your diagnosis process like because I, I can imagine that DID is misdiagnosed so many times yeah. So for me, I was, oh man, I went through, I've been in therapy since I was six mm -hmm. years old. Let's just start with that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I've been trying to deal with a lot when it comes to um, like mainly depression. And mm -hmm. then I started having like anxiety and panic attacks. And that kind of dealt with a lot of other things that just kind of got into the mix where I was also getting a lot of physical uh, diagnosis. And when it came to the DID stuff, it didn't really, really show up until again, my mid twenties to where my therapist was like, Oh, she's kind of switching into different like personalities in different areas. And then she yeah. taught, like my, my therapist would just basically just be like, um, she's talking about like different things. So like, where do I go with this? So she would be telling me about these, uh, these sessions that we were having. And I just, at times I just wouldn't really believe what she was saying. Cause I was like, no, that's not what I remember. Cause yeah. a lot of people who have DID, when they're going through those amnesia bouts, they don't always realize that they're doing it. So everyone has a little bit of dissociation is also the amnesia part. So like if you're driving home or um, doing something that's very repetitive in your life that you're used to doing, uh, you know, you can sometimes start to go through your like daydreaming and that mm -hmm. tends to be a type of dissociation where you're just kind of like an autopilot. You're just going around, uh, going with the flow. If you're driving home and you get home and you're like, oh, I'm home now. Like, okay, that was really fast. Or, you know, things like that. You just kind of 
have your own type of dissociation and there's different levels of it. With, With DID, there's complete dissociation where we can either be what's called co um i'm sorry my mind just went blank and i'm it's okay take your time (laughs) um oh man my mind just went blank what was i gonna say (laughs) we were talking about um which you explained so well we can go about our normal routine and we can end up either being home or being at work without even really realizing we're sort of daydreaming and you sort of described um, sort of transitioning into different alters in a similar sort of way. But I think you were just about to say how DID is sort of different from that process that a lot of, a lot of people are familiar with. Mm, Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, you can basically be completely dissociated completely, completely. Um, Mm. And that's where again that amnesia comes in where we could just completely forget what's happening or we could be somewhere like I could be in my room and then all of a sudden I wake up like at the grocery store and it can get really scary the more that your symptoms kind of happen and you start to realize okay my therapist was right like let's look into this Um, Mm -hmm. because you don't know where the new package came from that you got in the mail or you don't know Mm -hmm you know, certain things in your life where you're, you're just like, I'm kind of lost what's happening. And yeah, it can just be really scary and almost feel like there's a ghost (laughs) around you (laughs) because things start moving and happening where you're just not realizing it. I can so imagine how, how scary that can be. I think you've, you've explained that so well and you've, yeah, you've been able to sort of take us through that journey of what that feels like and where those those fears come from um I think I, I mentioned at the start of this interview am I right in saying you have 11 alters Encina yes yeah could you give us a description of some of your alters um so I mean a, a few of them the main there's like kind of a few that are I want to say the most apparent, Mm -hmm. um, the ones that kind of come out the, the most, there's Minnie who is a three-year-old little girl. Mm -hmm. And there is, um, uh, oh my God, my mind is just completely not with it right now. I'm so sorry. You take your time. I do feel like a little bit of dissociation. That's okay. Take your time and Sina, I'll be here when you're ready to talk. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, Don't you worry. Oh man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. It's all good. Um, okay, so we were talking about the altars that I have. We were talking about the altars, and you were talking about Minnie. And Minnie is a three-year-old, and you said that she is one of your main altars that comes through often. Mm, yes. Uh, mm-hmm. So Minnie is the one that I've had. The, like that I've known about the majority of my life is what I should say. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also Alora and Evla Zen. Evla Zen's kind of like mid twenties. Uh, and then Alora is uh, a fairy, actually a very, very, she considers herself a very, very old fairy. I, I love do- fairies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds great. Uh, when it comes to the altars in general, um, when they start coming out, especially like as a child, when your mind starts splitting, when, when we're going through these traumas, we split into things that we know. 
So we Mm -hmm. could technically split into like a dog if that's what we know is like kind of a safe area. We could, as odd as it seems, we could split into something that is not like a rock, (laughs) you know? So these altars can be completely whatever, just depending on what that child's mind sees as safe at the time. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting that you've you've explained that. I don't think I've ever... I've, I've, I've obviously done a little bit of research about DID and I feel like it's something that people are coming to terms with a lot more. I know there's been a lot on social media over the past two years, but it's, it's been great to see people raise so much awareness. Um, but I think this is, this is why it's so important that you are here and you're speaking about this sort of thing, because you can teach us um, and you, you, can, you can show us new aspects of what you go through on a day-to-day basis. Continuing the conversation on Proverbs after this short break. I wanted to take a moment to talk about a new brand that I've been loving at the minute. And that brand is Ana Luisa Jewelry. Now their pieces are all unique. They make you feel empowered and they serve as a perfect addition to any outfit, whether you're dressing up or down. They offer high quality at affordable prices and are carbon neutral from packaging to product, which we know is super important. Anyone that knows me knows that I love an accessory. I think jewelry is a great way to express yourself and to experiment with fashion as well and of course it is a great sentimental gift for a loved one too they are giving proverbs listeners 40 percent off when you buy another product on their website just go to shop.analuisa.com forward slash daisy or click the link in the description for a discount many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Are there certain things that will trigger you to transition that you've that you've learned about over the years that you've been dealing with this? Um, There are a lot of random triggers, some triggers I know about and some I don't. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to think about it like if somebody went through some kind of a trauma and maybe they were eating an orange, you know, maybe they went through Mm -hmm. a hurricane and right before it, you know, they're eating this citrus fruit and then all of a sudden later on in their life, they smell something citrus or they get ready to eat like an orange or something. And all of a sudden they start to have like a flashback or some kind of a trigger happens and they have no idea why. Um, so people just don't realize that orange now has uh, turned into that trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, a lot of yelling. So I don't like going to sports bars. I can do like concerts and such because it's music that's happening but like anything sports games like um if someone's yelling because they're upset like if some I I heard the other day 
just screaming at like a grocery store, like people were yeah. fighting and I was like, oh no, I got to get out of here. Like, and my friend was like, it's okay. It's okay. Thank God I was with my friend. Um, and she kind of like led me out and it helped, but I have gone through a lot of therapy to learn different uh, coping skills to get over some of these uh, triggers and to work with them instead of having them completely take over. I guess the more you know, right? And and I guess you can, it's great that you have friends around you too that completely understand what you're going through and can guide you through particularly difficult moments that that's really good to hear. Um, but yeah, I guess it is that you're, it's something that you're sort of learning and finding out about as you go along. Does DID change as you get older as well? Uh, change into like different things? Yeah. Does, does it develop? Does it change? Um, can you develop different triggers or can you de- develop different alters and personalities? Oh, absolutely. Um, there's, uh, so basically you become fragmented, which is Uh, the splitting and some people go into like poly fragmentation where they can have like hundreds of alters Um, and your mind once it learns how to split as a child you know it can continue to split as you get older so it's really hard to to claim I'm cured when you become um, what's called like you fuse the alters together so um, I believe some of my alters have fused, basically saying they have become aware of each other. They started working together. And now that they have kind of become one within themselves mm-hmm. um, and some people that is their goal is to uh, fuse all of their alters together to where it's just one um, person within themselves. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say that there's specifically like, and I'm doing those air quotes, like a cure, because since you're a child and your mind knows how to split, you can always split again and it happens. So somebody will fuse all of their alters together and then a random, like really big uh, trauma happens, which causes them to split again. Uh, Mm. Again, it's kind of like riding a bike once your brain knows how to do something, you kind of always know how to do it. And since yeah. you've stayed split for so long, your brain's like, oh, okay, coping uh, mechanism like needs to happen right now. And that's all DID is. It is your brain's coping mechanism happening where it uh, dissociates yourself going through some kind of a trauma and putting that other thing into that. Uh, which tends to be that alter. So they deal with that trauma rather than you. I know you document your journey of living with DID and and you have a a really great online presence as well within the community. Do you think or have you experienced a lot of stigma when it comes to living with or suffering with DID and speaking about it online? Absolutely. Um, So I came out and started doing DID YouTube videos. Um, this was around like 2011. And around that time, it was not known. It was not talked about at the time, like most people still knew about it as multiple personality disorder um, or MPD. Mm-hmm. 
And when it comes to that, that's, that's not the medical term that they actually use anymore because they started, you know, doing more research on it. But at that time, because it wasn't talked about or known around (laughs) as much as it is now, people didn't accept it. So the majority of comments that I would get were really, really negative and mean and could be very triggering. So I ended up deleting my YouTube channel uh, because of that. And there's a couple of other uh, DID systems is what they call them. So like all of my altars together were a system. Um, other people's systems were doing YouTube channels at the around the same time and did the same thing. They all get they all got rid of their channel. I saw that, you know, DID was starting to become more of like a known thing. I started to feel more comfortable and wanted to be able to speak out more. So I made my YouTube channel again, and I literally started getting almost only positive, uplifting comments and support. So it became something that was a lot more comfortable with me, but still along throughout my life, there's always going to be stigmas. And the main stigmas that unfortunately happen are because of Hollywood and movies. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. There's so many movies out there that were made because they wanted to make DID something to be scary. So like Jekyll and Hyde, a lot of people don't realize that, um, you know, Fight Club, that's a DID thing. It's just, again, people don't realize it. The Nutty Professor, I don't, I don't know what specific movies are out there. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm not sure if I'm making sense with these specific movies, but a lot of the movies that are out there are very, very misrepresented. So it makes people afraid. Yeah. And that is so sad because, you know, you're a real person, you're a wonderful person. I've enjoyed speaking to you so much. And I think that the media portraying individuals that are just living with and and dealing with um, DID in such a way to be feared and and scared of is is a really, really sad and, and isolating thing. And the one thing that people dealing with DID shouldn't be feeling is isolated or feared because you know you, you, you're just your average person this is just something that's a part of your journey um so yeah I, I think it's great that you continue to speak online and other people that deal with DID also continue to raise awareness online as well to help break down that stigma but I can imagine it being really difficult to see those those negative comments when all you're doing is is speaking about your experience and and speaking your truth what are some ways that people can support those living with DID and Selena what advice would you give um I would just give support I do get a Mm -hmm. lot of people who like I get tons and tons of messages every single day one thing I would say is don't try to go to somebody if you like I don't know if your friend or your sister or your parent has DID don't go to somebody else who has DID and say help. What can I do to get rid of these altars or to make them stop? Because the biggest thing you don't want to do is to stop them. They're there as a coping mechanism and they're actually there to help. So Mm -hmm. I am very, very uh, appreciative of my altars now before I hated it because I was just like, Mm -hmm. I'm losing time. I don't know what's happening. And I was fighting against it, but they were very much like 
you know, they're basically just saying, we're here to help. <laughs> That's all yeah, we are. So, to you, right? <laughs> yeah. So it is something that you don't want to stop. And I'll also get people who have it and who are messaging me and saying, what can I do? I don't want them here. I need to stop them. And it, again, it's just one of those things where the first thing I say is I cannot give you suggestions because I am not a medical professional. You need to go yeah. speak to a medical professional. I understand there might not be one that is uh, relatively available in your area, but there are plenty of online help and uh, now a ton of different kinds of like therapy apps that you can download on your phone, which is absolutely amazing. And then I like to remind somebody about your altars are there to help. They were made, mm -hmm. they were created to help you. So you are going through this trauma without them. You would remember every single part of that trauma. You would have gone through yourself, that trauma, and they came to be because they wanted to help you with that and help you to cope with what was happening to you. I love that you've been on this really positive journey now and you're in a really positive place with your altars and the relationship that you now have with them. I think it's almost a really beautiful thing, the way that you describe them as, you know, not wanting to get rid of them because they were there to protect you and, and help you along the way. So that, that's some great advice that you've given out there for anyone that knows a friend or family member that may be suffering with DID. Um, that That's some, some really, really great advice. At the end of every episode of our podcast, we like to ask our guests to tell us their mantra for life, something that they live by or something that gets them up in the morning. I would love to hear your mantra for life if you have one, Encino. God. There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of pressure. <laughs> it is. Um, I, I think for me, it's just continuing to continuing to try to find help. I hear a lot from people where they're like, well, medication didn't work for me, so I just don't take it. Or mm -hmm. my therapist was really mean or, you know, didn't get me. So I just, I don't go to therapy anymore. There are different ways of helping everybody. Everybody's body is different. Everybody's mind is different. If a medication didn't work for you, try a different one. If a therapist didn't work for you, try a different one. If a coping skill, a type of therapy didn't work for you, try something different because something different works with everybody. Continue yep. to search, constantly search. It's really hard and it can really suck. But if you end up finding that medication therapist or coping skill that really actually does help, then, you know, that journey of struggling to find something is worth it. That's just so amazing. And I just I just love the way that that you speak and the, the way that you give advice. You know, every single person deserves help and one method may not work for you, um, but there is always someone out there and there's always an alternative method and you owe it to yourself to get help. So thank you so much for joining us, Encina. That's Absolutely. a really, really nice one to end on. I think that was actually one of my favorite mantras that I've ever heard on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so I'll give you a little virtual trophy right there. I've loved chatting to you so much. You're doing such a great job at raising awareness keep that up you're so strong you're so inspiring and we appreciate you so much Encina thank you yeah absolutely thank you so much I appreciate it and that concludes this episode of Proverbs with Daisy Maskell that is me I hope you enjoyed it hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes and I will see you soon
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.